Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Swedberg, and welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. We're going to be talking today with Yun Kunan of SixFigureLinkedInSecrets.com about how to get found, get known, and get clients on LinkedIn. And during this hour, you are going to learn so much about how to maximize your LinkedIn profile to uh, get the best results possible. Some of the things that you're going to discover during this hour are how to determine if your ideal target market is even on LinkedIn, the three things you need to focus on to find clients there, how to identify and communicate your wow factor, what it is and how you can use it, the number one most costly mistake professionals make when using LinkedIn and how you can avoid it, Three things you can do right now to get the intention of your target audience on LinkedIn and which three factors of your LinkedIn marketing plan should receive the bulk of your attention. Our guest today, Yoon Cannon, is from SixFigureLinkedInSecrets.com and she started her business coaching practice in 2008 and she noticed that six figures in new business were coming from LinkedIn. Since then, she's been teaching other entrepreneurs how to maximize their profiles on LinkedIn and she's here to help us today. Welcome to Yoon. Hi, Marnie. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm excited to be here today. Well, it is so great to have you, and this is such a great topic because most of us have profiles on LinkedIn, but there's a lot of confusion about how to use them, what what they're really good for. And people say to me, well, I'm not looking for a job, so I don't need to have one there. And I'm like, no, 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 it's a lot bigger than that. So um, I'm excited to have you share some of your expertise about this. And you say that when you started in business, you found that LinkedIn was really a key player for you. Yeah, absolutely. I I started my coaching practice, uh, ParamountBusinessCoach.com is my main coaching website. And it's actually the fourth business I started. Um, and, and But it's the first one that I did with really virtually no marketing budget. Um, so my previous businesses, you know, I, I started these brick-and-mortar companies, and they were very different than starting an online business. Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn was – plus LinkedIn really wasn't around, you know, back then. Um, but, wow, it's such a night and day difference between how I used to be – have to market and advertise my past businesses and, and and how what you know what we can do and how we can do it for free on LinkedIn night and day uh, so it it was such a breath of fresh air to be able to you know discover this and you know, for me, it took me a, a little longer than, than, of course, it takes my students who go through this because I, sure. I was sitting there trying to, you know, test and uh, make all these A-B split tests and trial and error and all that. Uh, but I did eventually crack the code, I felt, because it it was – I noticed it was responsible for six figures of new business um, coming in, you know, just from just from LinkedIn. And I thought that's, mm. that's pretty amazing from a free platform that we all have access to. Right. Well, and I know that I encourage people to get on there because as like a radio show host, a lot of times when I'm looking for someone to address a particular topic, I will search LinkedIn for that professional, for that expert. Um, Also for quotes in books, um, things that I need an expert quote on, I will look at LinkedIn for that. There's all kinds of reasons to use it. But one of the things that you're going to talk to us about right now is how to determine if your ideal target is even on LinkedIn. And so how does somebody to begin to say 
LinkedIn would or would not be a good place for them to find their their clients? Yeah, you know, I think that, of course, is the first question that most people have in their mind as far as, well, you know, are are my ideal clients on there? And and so I, LinkedIn is traditionally known uh, to be a great platform for the B2B market. So absolutely, if, uh, if your customers are businesses, then you know, then, then you definitely should be there. But um, I'll tell you what, I mean, even for my clients who are B2C as far as their model and their customers may not necessarily be uh, businesses but consumers and, and households, LinkedIn still has proven, you know, to be uh, a great source to help them get that visibility. So, so basically when you go on LinkedIn, you know, you want to think about who your customer groups are and what to label them. Uh, so when you go on LinkedIn, there's a, a, a white search box on the top center there where you can search for people, for companies, for groups, and so forth. So you start with people, and then I would say then search for groups as well. Uh, but here's an example. I mean, I have a client who did window cleaning, right? And, of course, his first reaction was, oh, no, you know, I I don't think my clients are on LinkedIn, and and so he really avoided that. But we did a search, and you know, I said, well, who are your your decision makers? And he worked with uh, both residential and commercial. So there's a clue number one. If you do work in both sides, there you've got to be on LinkedIn, and so. We thought about okay, who are your decision makers on the commercial end, and and his buyer groups would be office managers, property managers. You know, so we searched those two job titles, and we came up with thousands of people who fit that job title group, and and so we saw that there was a market right there on LinkedIn. But what really pushed him over the edge was we searched his competitors, you know, and taking a look at the names of his specific competitors, and we wanted to see if they were on LinkedIn, and they were. And so, you know, that was, you know, two um, proofs, I guess, right, that he needed to be on there. And, and overnight, truly, like, there's not that many things that happen overnight, but creating a LinkedIn profile and optimizing <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, that you can get found overnight from, you know, nowhere on LinkedIn to mm. some of my students, maybe their profile used to be found on page 30, you know, on the search results, which there's no point in being found that far back. Uh, but either way, you can truly go, you know, overnight to page one, you know, just by learning how to optimize yourself. So, but your question was around, you know, making sure you're, your clients are on there and your decision makers are on there. And, um, you know, that's that's how you would test it. So that's an example, you know, that's, that's more of an extreme example because, you know, he thought of himself as, hey, I'm in the trade business and I, I work with B2C. But um, for him even, you know, he found lots of people on LinkedIn that would be his ideal customer. Well, I love the idea of searching for your competitors because if your competitors are on there, you know you better be on there too, and that's a great way to that's a great way to start. Uh, and then and then the decision makers identifying who those are and finding those too. So, what are three things that we should focus on in order to find clients on LinkedIn? Well, one thing is when uh, people are looking for someone like you. Okay, um, the three things to find clients would be they. Think about LinkedIn as, you know, it's a network, you know, and so the whole uh, benefit is that people are connected 
to the people that you want to reach. So the three things that you want to focus on uh, would be there, there's three particular groups you want to be networked with, okay? That's your existing customers, your existing clients. You really want to leverage people that they know on LinkedIn because they're, they're already sold on you. You know, they, they hired you. They worked with you. They've had great experiences with you. So make sure you connect with them, and you'd be surprised, Marnie, how many people forget to do, you know, include those folks. Uh, and what's even better is getting them to write a recommendation for you on LinkedIn, and then you know people who know them can you know see that and they'll notice that right away. The second group of people would be your strategic referral partners. You want to make sure you're connecting with who those folks are, and there's such power in this group where I think a lot of folks um, kind of gloss over. One of my clients, Marnie, um, his name is Jack, and he he truly just built his, the majority of his business just on this one group alone, you know, and learning how to utilize LinkedIn and, and leverage it with this group has been super key. In fact, he, you know, he's shared a testimonial on my LinkedIn profile that working with, with me has helped him double his business in six months. And, and he went on to actually go from zero to two million in his first two years, zero to two million dollars. And, and I remember asking Jack, uh, we had to, you know, identify where all this business was coming from. And the majority of it really was from his strategic referral partners. You know, they're the ones who fed him the business. And so you can use LinkedIn to be able to find them, to connect with them, to build relationships with them, you know, building that relationship online and then taking it offline uh, to really solidify that relationship. And so here's an example of the majority of his $2 million a year in business came from strategic referral partners. And, so, and can you, for those yeah. who aren't familiar with LinkedIn, define what a strategic referral partner actually is. Right, right. So for Jack, you know, he's a broker, and uh, his audience would be small business owners, his his clients. But a strategic referral partner would be someone who has the same audience, but they're not competitive with you. You know, so for him, it would be who are the other trusted advisors? They would be the CPAs you know, and accountants and so forth. And, uh, uh, you know, so as far as he would go and really build those connections and find them in in the areas that he serves um, so he can work with them face-to-face as well. And, and so he had a long list of strategic referral partners that were feeding him business. And, and here's a, total, a different example. Another um, student of mine who went through my program – he was a coach, or he is a coach, right? And he works with uh, people who suffer from post-traumatic stress, right? And so for we've discovered, and this was a whole new group of connections that he never tapped into before. So hmm. having the conversation and really discovering, okay, let's do the brainstorm. Who would be your strategic referral? And he said, one of the, well, I guess, you know, the, the clients that he would attract, they do trust their medical doctor, you know? So that would be uh, one of the people, those would be one of the people who are, are on their trusted advisor group. And so within LinkedIn, he began to search groups of medical doctors, um, particularly who work with post-traumatic stress, right? And he 
really was able to stand out in those LinkedIn groups uh, because of the unique approach that he has since he's uh, the non-medical approach. And he was able to build relationships with those key influencers. And oh gosh, on LinkedIn, he was really surprised. You know, we found LinkedIn groups and, you know, he didn't think doctors were going to be active on LinkedIn. I mean, why would they need LinkedIn to continue their career, right? I mean, they have a pretty set career path. But gosh, we found found LinkedIn groups that had 20,000, you know, 15,000 members of, of, it's a doctor network, you know, physicians network, and then being able to find subgroups uh, who particularly worked with the post-traumatic group. So those are, you know, two very different Mm -hmm. types of uh, businesses. You know, you go, Jack was a broker and this other guy, Joe, is a, a coach. Uh, but that's how they leveraged strategic referral partners. And LinkedIn is such a gold mine of being able to help you get connected with um, a laser group of people. So it's, it's unlike, you know, typically when you go to a, a, a standard traditional networking event, like let's say your local chamber of commerce, right? And I love my, my chamber of commerce, but this is where the two differ, is you get a real mixed group of attendees who come to a networking mixer. You know, you've got self-employed professionals, you've got employees, you've got business development managers, you've got, you know, just a hodgepodge of people. And and so with LinkedIn, it allows you to really get laser focused on a very specific niche, you know, and and so this niche is worldwide, you know, of he was able to tap into a group of physicians that were worldwide, but then you can niche down even uh, more locally if you are, if that's what you're looking for is, is someone who's local because there are groups that are there by city, you know, so you can search, right. uh, for me, it would be Philadelphia. Um, and then, of course, you can search and look for people's profiles who are local to your area as well. But that strategic referral partner group, you know, they need to you need to build trust within those folks that, you know, they're it's it's kind of like selling. I mean, if you're going to sell, you've got to you've got to convince your target market that you are the go-to expert in your field and you want to do the same thing for your strategic referral partners. It's not enough to say, "Oh, hey, I'm an event planner," you know, or "Oh, hey, I'm a, a speaker or an author." You you really, you know, do the same process of building that confidence and trust that uh that you truly can get the results for people. And, yeah. and that's so great, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's the second group. That's and great. Well, we're going to, this is, yeah. uh, hang on. This is Marnie yeah. Fredberg, and you're vi- visiting with us today at Marnie's Friends. Our guest today is Yoon Cannon of SixFigureLinkedInSecrets.com. We're going to take a little break and come back and find out the third key to finding clients on LinkedIn, as well as how to identify and communicate your own wow factor. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Marnie, and I want to introduce you to a couple free things that are available over at Marnie.com this week and usually. And you can go over to Marnie.com and just go to the drop-down list there, and it says uh, resources, and you can find them under there. So first of all, the Wealth Expo. You're going to love this. It is an online training program with me and three guests, and we talk about godly wealth, what the Bible says about wealth, and why you need to pay attention to how you're thinking about it. Another one is the Bible Study Expo. 
if you go over to Bible Study Expo, you are going to enjoy interviews with dozens, um, even I think over 100 now, authors of Bible study books. And they're short interviews, 15 minutes. And you are going to meet the author, understand what her vision was for her book, and help you to identify what Bible study book you'd like to do next. And there's all kinds of other great stuff available over for you at Marnie.com as well, so I hope you'll check that out. And welcome back. We're talking today about how to get found, get known, and get clients on LinkedIn with our guest, Ian Cannon. We were talking before break about the three keys to finding clients on LinkedIn, and we've got number one and number two, which are um, looking for your existing clients, also strategic referral partners. What's number three, Ian? Yes, that third group of people that you want to search for if you are looking to find you know, those ideal clients, it would be your target market. And so you want to search them by job titles. You want to be able to search them uh, by individual profiles as well as in groups that they would likely be involved in. Okay, and do you have, like, when you start working with somebody, do you have, like, a do you have them build like a pro an avatar? How do you how do you actually get them to identify which groups their people might be in? Mm. Yeah. So you know, usually in our conversations, it, we just start with uh, the, the simple questions. Your your ideal customer. You know, what type of job titles would they have? How would they uh, promote themselves? You know, are they um, if you're trying to reach entrepreneurs? You know, are what industries are they in? You know, if you're trying to reach executives, all right, the C-level suite executives, what type of uh, businesses are they in? And and so we do we do a brainstorm dump and start with that. Uh, the second thing we do is take a look at their own clients. You know, who are your ideal clients? Tell me who are your favorite type A customers, and con- let's connect with them on LinkedIn and we take a look at their LinkedIn profiles. And we look for clues. So we take a look at the groups that they are involved in, and and then we search in those groups uh, for more people who are who would fit their target market. Yeah, I love that one. Is to look at your current clients already and where are they hanging out. I think that's such a great, <laughs> great, yeah. great tip because they're going to tell you they're going to tell you where where we're all hanging out. That's so cool. So let's talk about the wow factor a little bit. First of all, yeah, define sure. what you mean by the wow factor and then why it's so important for us to recognize it and communicate it well. Sure. You know, I mean, on LinkedIn and, and really anywhere else, it's not enough to just let people know, hey, I'm a speaker or I'm an author, I'm a coach, I'm a consultant, you know, whatever your industry is. It's really not enough because the average person knows probably a, a solid 50, you know, other people who have that same uh, label. And so your wow factor really helps to differentiate yourself as to why, you know, uh, people go to you, why people hire you. Your wow factor should should really just stand out to your ideal customer and uh, help them understand, you know, what specifically uh, you are known for. Okay, and so that's really positioning, you know, who you are, what you do, why you do that, and, and so I mean, this is a, a a lengthy module that I include in my training course. So it's hard to it's hard to capsulize all, right. all of it, right? Exactly. But but if I just gave you two tips to to really think about to help you develop to help our, your listeners develop their wow factor, think about you know how can you be the first. 
um, or the only one in your category. So you, we are the first blank, you know, to be able to do blank, right? So think about how you can compete in that uh, category of we are the first or or can how can you say we are the only um, and, and all right I'll throw in a third one the third one would be a process and and here's another example one of my other students is a, a writer speaker coach so she coaches people to write a book because um, she's a book she's published her own books and then she also coaches people on how to how to speak better how to be a better speaker um, so when we were working on her wow factor uh, you know we we were trying to figure out, you know, where she could compete. And when, when I said process was one of the categories of developing your wow factor, um, she developed, she does have a process. She developed her own speak formula. And so that's an, an acronym for how she teaches uh, her process and why it's so successful at getting the results that speakers want to get to help them develop a clear, concise, captivating speeches. Right, so part of her wow factor message was the process, where she's able to. That stands out to people to say when they read that and and they take a look at okay, who's going to help me uh, become a better speaker? Well, they take a look at that. Oh, you know, I, I see she's got the speak formula. Okay, all I got to do is learn the formula, and I'll be a great speaker, right? <laughs> so, mm. any case, that that helped her stand out so much from all the other speakers who just say, or all the other speaker. Uh, coaching programs that just say we we train and coach speakers. Um, so it, that was a much uh, clearer message that resonated, much more clear message that resonated with her people. Okay. Yeah, I love so that. What is what is yours? Do, what do you have? Do you have a specific? Do you have like a byline that describes it, or how do you go about describing your own wow factor? Yeah, you know, my message is integrated a little differently. You know, it's within my bio um, where, you know, because my audience is small business owners and my wow factor was really developed just from my initial customers, clients telling me, you know, what wowed them. And, and it was something that I took for granted. Uh, so mm. it's really that we're in my bio where I share that as a seasoned entrepreneur, you know, I've started a turnkey and sold three other businesses. And, and so that past experience you know, and that's actually a fourth category that you know we just threw. I just threw in there. Uh, my past experience was a key wow factor that um, helped to differentiate as a business coach why business owners would want to work with me over so many other business coaches out there that apparently never had previous business experience other than corporate, right? Which is different. So, so for me, that's where it's incorporated. It's in my bio. Mm, yeah. And and do you usually recommend that the wow factor is woven in or or I mean some people you know you, their just name is synonymous with something, you know. Yeah, so where do what how do we that in your wow factor? Yeah. 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 Well, as it pertains to LinkedIn, you know, there's a summary section and you can put it in your summary section as far as uh what your message is. So that's where that's what Esther did and she in her summary section, um she's a speaker coach I was telling you about. In her summary section she she wrote, you know, I developed the speak formula and then she goes on to talk about that. Um now if it's of course, you know, in my case it's in the bio, so you can include that in your in your bio if if that's the case. You can also um include part of your bio, like a shorter version, on that summary section. And um the other 
places that you can incorporate that is is right in your headline on LinkedIn. You know, and um, so sort of a sub wow factor. Uh, I incorporate on my headline, you know, featured in CNN, Fortune, Money, uh, Wall Street Journal. Uh-huh. And so those third-party endorsements that, as far as media is concerned, is, is also another piece that helps, other, uh, you know, potential prospects to be able to filter out, okay, well, I've, I see that, you know, these 47 other business coaches came from corporate background and they really don't have that much other third-party endorsements. So, so that's another place that I, you know, I can see that it would stand out to people. And so when you post a comment in LinkedIn groups, your headline, they'll be able to see that, right? So instead of just seeing business coach by itself, now they're seeing business coach featured in CNN Fortune Money. And so that third-party endorsement truly helps. And because that headline is such a short amount of copy, I don't have the room to be able to write, oh, you know, started turnkey and sold three other businesses since 1992, right? I, I, don't, have, I don't have the room to write that. Um, so you can, you can have a couple of other uh, wow factor pieces of information that you can sprinkle in. Your main, you know, you want to know what your main one is, but there are other uh, selling points that you can still sprinkle in throughout your profile on LinkedIn. And which parts of which parts of your LinkedIn profile are being searched? Like when someone's looking for, let's say, a speaker coach, uh, mm-hmm. what which parts are going to rank the highest in the search results? Hmm. Well, you want to start with top to bottom, and it's not necessarily. I don't find that's necessarily weighted as far as um, which section. You know, you, you want to you want to hit them all. You know, there's the headline, which is the blurb below your main name. You know, of your profile. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, there's even there's even the titles of your current and previous positions. Um, there's your summary. Um, there's the LinkedIn uh, posts that you published. You know, so those are those can really help you with your search rankings. Um, there's your position title. So it wouldn't be beneficial search-wise if you just wrote that you were the president you know, or the founder of such and such business. So if you are um, you know, that speaker coach, right, even though you are the founder of the business, it would be better for you to write speaker coach if that's what you do right. or event planner. Uh, because that's going to contribute to the search results. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, we're going to take a little break here, and we're going to come back and talk about the number one most costly mistake professionals make when using LinkedIn and how you can avoid it and what you should do instead, as well as the three things that you can do right now to get the attention of your target audience on LinkedIn. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Marnie, and I just want to remind you that next week on Wednesday afternoon, just like usual, we'll have more training for you available. Next week, we're going to have leadership training with Jenny Catron, and then the week after that, make your next book 
big with Steve Kidd. So you will want to put that on your schedule and join us live. Or thanks to those of you who listen around the web afterwards, too, and in the archives over at Marnie.com. We love having you all join us for the show. Can't have a show without listeners. So thanks so much for being here. And we're going to rejoin our guest in just a moment. And welcome back to you. We are visiting today with our guest, Ewan Cannon, of SixFigureLinkedInSecrets.com. And uh, we're talking about how to get found, get known, and get clients on LinkedIn. Ewan, let's talk about some mistakes because there's a, probably a thousand things that we can do wrong everywhere that we <laughs> show up online. But on LinkedIn, there's something that's really a big one that a lot of people do. Can you address that number one most costly mistake? Yeah, absolutely. I find that the number one most costly mistake is soliciting, you know, when you're on LinkedIn. And so I I can see how people make this mistake because, you know, you're hungry to uh, monetize your time and really, you know, cut to the chase and get clients right now, you know, as soon as you jump on LinkedIn. And it's really not how LinkedIn works. Uh, And in fact, you could actually get um, banned from LinkedIn mm-hmm. in a lot of groups for being that, you know, doing a lot of solicitations. So when I say soliciting, you know, I mean things like don't send emails to people that are connected to you on LinkedIn that sound like an advertisement. You know, I mean, I've gotten my share of, of those types of emails where you open it, you, you barely even know this person, and you know, they're telling you, oh, oh, hey, you know, we, uh, we detail cars uh, while you work. So, you know, there's a whole commercial that they write. It sounds, it reads like a direct mail advertisement that you would get in your mailbox. So you, you don't want to do that. Um, it's not what LinkedIn was created for, and it's, it's just not going to help you anyway. So what you want to do instead is you want to build relationships and think of it as, you know, making a friend first and really think about how can you uh, help them first, you know, what's in it for them. And so really when you're connecting with someone, one of the first questions I like to ask people who request to connect with me is so just by saying, oh, okay, so tell me a little bit about yourself and how I can best support you on LinkedIn, you know, other questions I've asked would be, hey, who would make great strategic referral partners for you? Who could I introduce you to? You know, how can you add value to that person, uh, you know, through your network on LinkedIn? And so it takes time, but I'll tell you what, it is so far worth it, Marnie, because in the, if you take the soliciting approach and you sell people right off the bat of, hey, are you looking for a coach? And, you know, I want to offer you a coaching session. And you know, just right off the bat, I mean, we just met, right, uh, on LinkedIn. So that would be the same thing as going to a party and, you know, people are huddled just uh, in these conversations and they're talking about, oh, hey, how are you? What do you do? And, you know, where do you work? And all that kind of normal stuff, right? And somehow you're barging into that conversation saying, oh, hey, I'm a, I'm a coach and do you want to, you know, schedule a coaching session? I mean, that, that would be the solicitation approach. And so you burn through a lot of connections and you're actually training people to not open your emails if uh, that's how you started the relationship. 
And so you, you do want to start by adding value, you know, to each of those people who are you are connected to and uh, and then go from there. What do you think is the smallest the smallest first step that a person can make on LinkedIn. So let's say that they have um, maybe a thousand connections already, but they have simply never sent an email to anybody. They've just, you know, they've just had these people saying, you know, want to be connections here. Uh, what would be something that a person could do? That's a very small way to say, hi, I'm here. I'd like to get to know you, but not overwhelm them uh, with responses as well as not take on more than they can chew. Mm, yeah. Well, I know I'm a big believer, Marnie, in getting your ducks in a row first, you know, before you just hit the ground running as far as ready, aim, fire. You know, you want to, before you start firing and start, you know, connecting with people, um, you really want to think about your profile, be positioning you as the go-to expert so people understand clearly as soon as they review your profile or take a quick skim through it, they understand quickly uh, what you do, who you help, and your and your wow factor, okay? And so I'd say working on that and, and it is real, um, it's definitely worth the investment, time investment to get that done first, okay? Uh, and that way, the small thing that you're asking, the question that you're asking would be, if you have, I would always recommend having some type of a lead magnet uh, or even several, but start with one if you don't have any. You can actually add that on your LinkedIn profile, and you can you can use that to grow your email list of subscribers. But at the same time, you're using it as a very non-soliciting type of a, a non-salesy approach to give people more information about your area of expertise. Okay, so if you've got a lead magnet, it could be um, a webinar, it could be a guide. You know, uh, on my LinkedIn profile, you know, I offer a, the four-minute guide to attracting high-paying clients. And that you can add as a project. So a lot of entrepreneurs don't they think about using the project feature because, you know, you think of it as a, an employee kind of a thing to do. But really, if you use the project feature, you can use that to send people straight to your opt-in page, and and then they get the lead magnet. Okay, and so if I were to connect with you, Marty, and um, I don't know, so, so let's say it was we already had a few conversations. I, I don't know if I would necessarily do it in the first one, but we had a few conversations, and I might say, oh, by the way, Marty, uh, I know the last time you know you talked about that you help speakers and so forth. Um, so I, I actually have a piece. It, you're uh, welcome and invited to to uh, share this free resource guide with your audience. It's free. It's a resource guide. You know, who wouldn't want to do that? And especially if it's pretty good, you know, they're going to share it. And so I might share the four-minute guide or maybe I might share, like, you know, we're talking about LinkedIn right now. So maybe I would share a PowerPoint, a slide share presentation that I have on my LinkedIn profile and send you the link to say, oh, by the way, here's um, how to share your post to multiple LinkedIn groups. I have an entire slide share step-by-step uh, -step tutorial on that. Since we talked about LinkedIn the other day, I thought you'd be interested. And feel free uh -huh. to share. You know, feel free to, sh uh, to share this with your audience. You know, so that would be a, a resource that when people go through it, you know, it's not a sales offer. It's really <laughs> it teaches them something. You know, it's something that's of value. And they, it makes them want to share it because it, it's valuable. And so if it's a guide, a 
template, you know, whatever your lead magnet is, that's that would be the first easy little step, you know, to be able to start getting that to go viral. Yeah, no, I really like that. And I like the idea of giving something to someone that they can share. It's past saying, I think you need this help, uh, mm-hmm. you you loser. Yeah. <laughs> it goes on to saying, I see that you are a leader in your own environment, and I'm here to support you. And so I think it just is such a nice way to do that, um, that that isn't um, in your face at all. I want to make sure during this section that we get to this next section, too, we wanted to talk about three things that anybody can do right now to get the attention of their target audience in LinkedIn. You're talking here about some things like a project feature, sending an email, whatever. But what are the three things that people can do right away to grab attention? Yeah. Well, the first thing, if you want to grab attention, is you you really want to be very clear in your summary who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Okay? So, I'm sorry, I would say as far as who, make it more like who you help. So, who you help, what you do, and, and why you do it. And so, that would be a quick thing for you to do right now to attract um attract clients on, on LinkedIn. The second thing is, uh, kind of dovetails from what I shared earlier, is I would I would put a, a free irresistible offer, a lead magnet. Okay, so I would offer that on your projects tab so that people can, um, you know, get on your email list, but also that they can get more of an experience with experiencing your expertise. So you're yeah. teaching them something. And then I would say the third thing is, you know, give great tips on. LinkedIn group discussions, and so if you you want to join groups that um, are interested in hearing tips from your area of expertise, and and so you want to start doing that and and really give some great content because that's going to be seen. Whenever you do that, especially if it's an open group like a public group, everyone you're connected to on LinkedIn, you're first degree network they're going to see those updates in their feed and so those tips that you share not only get seen by the group members so you might be in a group that has 12,000 members all right so you share that tip and so all 12,000 members are going to be able to see uh, that group discussion it'll be there now of course not everybody's going to see follow every single discussion, uh, but you're going to reach a good percentage of them. And you're also going to reach people uh, who are looking at archived, you know, old threads. So if they're searching for something within that group, keep in mind that, you know, it lives on. It's not like you posted it once and it disappears. So you really get a lot of visibility. And then what I always recommend is whatever tips you share, you know, edit, copy that and put it on uh, for me, I just put it on my Google Drive. You know, I have a folder for comments that I've I've posted before because it's always good to repurpose. You know, and you can collect those tips and put it into a blog post. You can do a collection of those tips and turn it into a slideshare presentation. So you really want—I'm a big believer on repurposing your time as much as possible. So from every one thing that I do, I really try to get five or even 10 uh, different benefits from that one thing that I did. And uh-huh. so from the one time that you post a tip in a LinkedIn group, just save it because you will be able to benefit five and 10 different ways. 
Mm, that's so cool. So talk to us just for a couple minutes about the different ways that you can share content because you can share like an update, like what are you doing right now? You can share articles, mm-hmm. you can share tips within uh, groups. So maybe just talk about the ones that are the most valuable uh, and and maybe this is going into the next section, but I don't think so. So maybe address here what you can. Yeah, sure. Well, I'd say the most powerful would be the LinkedIn uh, posts. So it's the long-form articles because a couple of reasons why. You know, people people scroll top to bottom. As soon as they're done looking at your, you know, sort of that business card size uh, of your name and your headline, the next thing that they're going to see are your posts, okay? And so that is uh, – it's got the best real estate as far as location. The second thing is every time you, you do write a, and publish a post, everybody in your LinkedIn network – they get the notification in their LinkedIn um, notification feed, right? So they get the notification, and then that also means they're going to get it in their email. So when they jump on LinkedIn.com, they're going to see it there, but they're also going to get it in their email as well to let them know, um, hey, your connection, Marnie, just published a new post titled, um, you know, XYZ. And the other thing is it's, it's really searched, you know. So when people have a problem, they're going to go in um, and search for the answers right on LinkedIn. Because you want to understand, the average LinkedIn user, you know, they're on LinkedIn multiple times a day and multiple times a week. So you've got a very engaged user. Uh, in fact, if you compare to your website to your LinkedIn profile, the average person spends less than eight seconds on any one website. But the average LinkedIn user is on LinkedIn for 17 minutes. That's double than if they came to your website. And so, you know, what that means for you is, is knowing that they're on, they've got LinkedIn open, they stay in LinkedIn, and so you want to be found on LinkedIn. So your po- post is kind of like, a, you know, living in this blog directory within LinkedIn. So when somebody has a, a question, like if somebody said, all right, you know, I, I, I'm curious about SEO and I don't understand why our website lost its uh, ranking. Let me just search right within LinkedIn, you know, how to get your Google rankings back, you know, something like that, right? So if that's a, an area that you're an expert in, write a post about it because it's, you know, you want to get that found within LinkedIn. And not only that, it's not even just isolated in the LinkedIn community. Because it's in the LinkedIn um, platform, it's going to help you get found just in normal Google searches. Right, right. Okay. So I I want the listeners to understand it's going to help both. It's not just within LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. So that's – that would be the the one place. But you want to you want me to go over all the other places? Well, I think maybe them? just mention just mention what the updates do. Right. So if you uh, if you just add and publish a new update, that's just really you can publish um, a sentence. You know, you can just say a sentence. You can you can uh, update a picture. You know, a quote. You can update a link to an article. All right. So when you do that, that's gonna uh, that's going to show up in the main feed of everybody that you're connected with, your first-degree connections. Yeah. And then how about if you're writing a post, an article post, is it better Mm -hmm. to post it directly or within a group? The article post? Yeah. Hmm. Well, post it within as a normal, like, LinkedIn post. You should publish it so it shows up on all of your 
history of, of published posts. So it's kind of like having blogs within your LinkedIn profile. You should definitely post it there. Now, is it in a LinkedIn group? Okay, this is this is not a clean answer. <laughs> when you first go on a LinkedIn group, you want to keep in mind LinkedIn groups, they all have different varying degrees of restrictions as far as mm-hmm. their rules. You know, it depends on who the who decided to start the group and how picky they really want to be. So if you read the rules, you'll see that somebody says, oh, you can't post, you know, your articles or something like that. Then, you know, don't join the group or just don't post those articles. But if you've got a group where, you know, you've already contributed some some comments that are valuable and it wasn't like directly self-promotional, you know, then once the group administrator sees that, um, they're going to start feeling more comfortable with having you uh, published and approved in their groups. So I'd say after that, then I would might think about publishing an article straight into a group discussion. But even there, I'd say I would say start shorter. You know, I wouldn't publish a thousand word article into a a LinkedIn group. You know, I would just give a nugget, maybe 200 words, you know, just to get started. Um, And then you can share a link where they can get the rest of the article. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg, our guest today is Ewan Cannon of SixFigureLinkedInSecrets.com. And if you do the forward slash join, she's got a special offer there for you, too. And when you go to search for this website, it's six. It's the digit six, not spelled out. SixFigureLinkedInSecrets.com forward slash join. We're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about the three factors in your LinkedIn marketing plan that should receive the bulk of your attention and energy and why they're so powerful. We'll be right back. Well, I just want to take a moment and recognize one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com. Today we're thinking about Arizona, and our speaker is Diane Markins. Now, Diane is from Arizona. She speaks on several topics. She has seven topics listed in her profile over there, as well as four event tapes and five reviews already. And it's so fun to watch people connect at the site. Uh, Planners come. They do a search map search to find speakers close to them. If they can't find somebody ideal close, they expand their search out and look farther over the country and even into the world to find their speakers. But it's very cool because you can search it by the speaker's name or start with the location and move out from there. So today I want to encourage you to check out Diane Markins over at womenspeakers.com. Okay, welcome back. This is Marnie, and we are visiting today with you and Cannon of SixFigureLinkedInSecrets.com. We have been talking about how to really maximize that LinkedIn profile to get found, get known, and get clients. And you know, such a great one to do this. She's uh, been able to help a lot of clients build six- and seven-figure um, businesses using LinkedIn, and she's been sharing such great content. Thank you so much for being here, you. And let's go ahead and talk about the three factors in a LinkedIn marketing plan that should receive the most attention. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say the, the first factor that you want to uh, pay attention to is your profile. Okay, that would be your first factor. And making sure it's very clear, people understand it. The, the second factor would be your content. 
okay? And those would be things like you can share videos, you can share slideshare presentations, you can share PDFs, um, you can share lots of things, right? So the content is really going to help to position you as the go-to expert uh, in, in your area of uh, whatever your area is, right? So your profile, your content, and then I'd say the third would be your contribution. And so we talked about some of that earlier, but that is important that you contribute in group discussions. You contribute uh, when you are connecting with people. You're thinking about how can I contribute to you? How can I help support you? And you really think of yourself as giving, 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 you know, when you're on LinkedIn and it always comes back to you. Hmm. Yeah. So on the on the um on the time that you spend, do you spend most of it on contribution or do you spend a half and half? I mean, once the profile is set, obviously that's that's going to be something that you're going to set and you're not going to change every day. Uh the content and the contribution, what's your split on that? Yeah, it it is very you want to keep in mind for listeners, you have to answer this as to what stage you're in. And like you said, Marnie, if if you already did your profile and it's really good and you already put a lot of content on it and it's really good and it represents what you do, you know, yeah, then I would split between contribution and actually connection. So increasing the number of people that you're connected with. Mm. And do you actually go out and um, invite a lot? Uh, I'll, I've, I've, I do that more when I first got started, you know, um, uh, so I'd say, you know, more on a maintenance thing, it's more, uh, I mean, I, I get a lot of invitations in my inbox right. for people who want to connect. So that kind of fills up my, my time there. But if I wanted to connect with people, it would really be while I'm doing something else. You know, so if I'm in a group discussion and uh, I, I'd like, I like some of the other people's comments or they ask questions that I could help them with, then I will re- send them a request to connect because we were already in this discussion, right? And yeah. yeah, and how much time do you spend seeking out new groups? Hmm. Well, that sort of ebbs and flows throughout the year. You know, I think um, you can you can be a part of up to 50 groups. LinkedIn allows you to do that. But I have to tell you, I mean, that's a lot of groups. I can really only stay active at any one time and maybe three, you know? And so... Uh, when you're saying, you know, searching new groups, I think it, it just, for me, it depends on what's going on uh, in the year at that point. So if I'm in a campaign where I'm really focusing on uh, a local boot camp that I'm doing, then I may really look for more local-driven chapters of LinkedIn groups and uh, and so forth. So it sort of ebbs and flows, but I think 50 to rotate three or four every you know, a few months, it's going to take you a while. I love that. That's really helpful because uh, it, it does, it seems overwhelming to me. There's so many groups that I could be part of, you know, that look like, oh, this would be a good fit too. But the yeah. reality is you really can't focus on that many. And so then what's kind of happened for me is I don't focus on any because, yeah. it, you know, you get overwhelmed. You get overwhelmed. Yeah. I like that idea of maybe just limiting it to two to five and saying, okay, these are the groups that I'm going to actually um, spend time with at this point in my, you know, in my evolution here on LinkedIn. So contribution, let's talk a little bit more about that uh, because I feel like that's, 
you know, I too get a lot of uh, new contacts and then they right away send me a pitch and it is such a yeah. turn off. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, it's like you said, you know, you, you know, you're asking me for to get married and we don't even yeah, know, each other, right. you know, so how, what is the kind of initial contact you can make? Like, um, I, I get some to that say, you know, tell me what you do. And it's like, well, that's what my profile just did. I thought, you know, yeah, so, you know, right, so right. that one's kind of, I don't, I don't like the feel of that one so much myself. What, is there something that really is a great uh, pickup line? I guess you're just going to say, because you're actually just trying to start a conversation with this person. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe the way to do it is to go into a group and actually join a conversation and meet people that way. So help me understand the best way to go from zero to uh, at least a starting relationship. Well, I think, you know, it helps me to really just categorize what type of person I want to focus on for the week, you know, or or for you, you might decide for the day. It, It doesn't matter, right? You just pick what works for you. But what I mean by that is I want my brain to be in the mode of just thinking about who are my strategic referral partners. Okay. So if I'm going to to try to make contact with uh, and develop relationships with my strategic referral partners, you know, then it's the conversation is, oh, hey, you know, I noticed that um, you are a CPA and you work with small business owners and we have the same audience. And I would love to know, you know, who um, who would make uh, great strategic referral partners for you that that I could introduce you to. You know, um, or I may ask, you know, who are the best types of customers for you? You know, how how do how can I best refer you? And and so those are some good conversation starters. Now, before you ask questions like that, it's always good to spend a couple minutes to skim through their LinkedIn profile, sure. check out their website. You know, and uh, so often I'm able to find something to say. Oh yeah, I noticed that you offer you know, X, Y, Z, and I would love to, you know, share that with my audience. Um, but some, but really most of the time, Marty, I find people don't have a lead magnet, you know, and it drives me crazy because I, I can't mm-hmm. refer them a client, right? You can't just say, oh, I have a, you should hire so-and-so accountant. But if I could pick their, if I could pick their brain or if um, if they had a, a PowerPoint presentation that would solve a specific problem for the same audience that we serve. And so I might even, you know, start it. Actually, I would, I lead it the other way around. I'll say, if I want a lead magnet from them, right, and they don't have one, um, I might say, hey, you know, Joe, you're an accountant and we have the same audience. I would love to get your feedback. I have a free resource uh, for small business owners to help them attract more clients, and it's a four-minute guide. So, you know, key thing there, it's really quick to go through. Don't share an encyclopedia because they'll never go through it. Right. Um, <laughs> it's a four-minute guide. Hey, I, I wondered if, if you could give me your feedback on this particular resource, and I'd love to know if you think this is something your audience would benefit from. And so usually when you do that, you know, uh, it starts to percolate, oh, you know, either I liked it or, or I'd love to see if it could add this, this, and that to it. But then it normally, you know, the other guy would say, oh, I, I would love to have a piece like this for my own business, you know, and, and then you can start the conversation from there to say, absolutely, if you create something, I would love to share it with my audience. 
Yeah, I love that. So about like when you're trying to, when you're investigating a new potential strategic partner, mm-hmm. uh, referral partner, how long do you give it? Do you give it three minutes? Do you take 10 minutes to really go through their site? How how long do you estimate? And I, of course, different people would have, you know, would intrigue you and you might stay two hours on their site. But, right, but right. if you were just saying, if you were just saying you're just doing the exploration work, like how much of a time budget do you allow? Gosh, I try to be as fast as possible. So I really try to give it a, a minute. And, uh, you know, I, I skim. You just learn. And if you if you bucket this, right, or you, uh, what's the word I want? You compartmentalize this, right? You get faster when when you're doing this in, in a 30-minute sitting. And, and all you're doing is, um, okay, I'm going to just focus on reaching out to strategic referral partners. But if you're trying to skim in the middle of doing five other things, so you got an email, right. you're, you got something for Facebook, <laughs> you know, that's where, that's where this stuff gets really, you know, draining. So you'll get so much faster that way. All right. So yeah, anyway, I um, when, so I, I give it a minute, but if I end up finding information that really makes them a bigger and stronger uh, prospect for me to connect with. Yeah, I might, so I might spend a few more minutes uh, because they have more stuff for me to take a look at. So here's an example. I did find a, a website designer guy, and I loved his uh, PowerPoint presentations. I mean, so yeah, I, I ended up spending probably eight, ten minutes going through and skimming through his PowerPoints and saying, wow, hey, you know what? Um, Jacob, I would, I really would think that this is some awesome material. I think we could even do a joint venture uh, webinar on this. And so, you know, it's sort of a kind of depends answer, but in the, in the beginning I would try to limit it to a minute. Well, I love that. And I think for you guys that are listening, that's a really key point to hear is that when someone's looking at your profile, you have like a minute. <laughs> So it's really important. It's important to recognize that that it's so critical that especially that top part is is so compelling that they just have to keep reading. And that's, of course, with all marketing. Oh, my goodness, this hour has flown right by. And thank you so much. Great, great content here. Oh, my pleasure. And you guys, you need to go over and check out her website, sixfigurelinkedinsecrets.com. And if you use the forward slash and then the word join there, she has a great offer for you. But also just the main site is fantastic too, sixfigurelinkedinsecrets.com forward slash join. And this is, again, Marnie Swedberg and our guest today, you and Kenan. You and I just clarified. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Marty. Can I just clarify? When when you go to sixfigurelinkedinsecrets.com, it's it's um, that main page. It's, it's that's my landing page. So you're just going to get an invitation for a webinar on uh, LinkedIn, which is you know very similar oh, to what we just covered. Uh, my main website is paramountbusinesscoach.com. Uh, but anyway, the sixfigurelinkedinsecrets.com/slash/join is where you'll get the information on the course. So if you really want it to learn how to do it correctly and, and get the guidance, that's where you can get the uh, the course information. Sounds great. Otherwise, ParamountBusinessCoach.com. Thanks so much, Yun, and thank you guys for being here. Hope you have a great day, and we'll see you again next time on Marnie's Friends. <laughs> 